way you're clean. You got that dirty bong still? Oh. Oh, he cleaned his bong, folks. Graham cleaned his bong. Hold on. Does this, 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 uh, this media recorder have one of those, like, fancy doodle, like, sound effects? Let's, let's, let's put that in. Yes! Woo! He's got a clean bong! It's amazing. It's so fabulous. All right, that's about the extent of our production value here at Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions. Once again, that's the episode. That's the name of the show. What are we doing? What are we on? Show? Uh, I, I've been your high opinions. <laughs> I, I, I'm, not yet I haven't been drunk. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make Manhattan, but uh, why don't you kick off the show, Graham? Where, where oh, are we? Man, what are we doing gonna, here? I was going to kick it off with uh, smoking, but if you're doing a thing, uh, I, I don't well, know. I can we were talking. We were, we were talking uh, uh, something to do with Pinocchio and why Pinocchio does not need to be hot or does need to be hot. Well, hold on. I feel like there needs to be context around that statement. <laughs> Uh, okay. If you feel <laughs> like we're not just sitting here talking about why, why don't little you boys make are the hot. context then. then, 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 why don't you? Okay, yeah. Are we? <laughs> Fair enough. Are we allowed to say that? <laughs> future, future Graham, you might want to look into that one. <laughs> I'm not editing this one. I'm going to be gone for the entire time. <laughs> I edited last week. What the fuck? I edited the two before that. That's because you fucked up the first one, and you offered to do two. I, but I had offered to do three in a row, and the first one just got fucked up. So Wait, I did so two I did, in a row. Oh Jesus, this is this is not good. <laughs> this is not working out for you, Graham. Fine, I'll edit this one. Future Corey, look into that. Look about look into uh, us not touching hot little boys. Uh, <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> or talking about hot little boys. I don't know. But we were yeah. For, there we for go. the context. I'm just going to finish there this. Was a, there was an article that came it. out. Uh, I saw it last night. I don't know when it came out. but You know uh, you got to squeeze bottles to get all the juices out, right? Uh, glass bottles? Sure. Yep. Yep. Um, but there, you know, I saw this article, and it was talking about how we're getting three new Pinocchios. I was like, that's true. That's true. There are three yes, are. like Pinocchio projects coming out. And then the end of the article title was, but only one of them is hot. And I literally was like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Hold up. <laughs> Hold the fuck up. Are we allowed to so say that? See. Are we allowed to publish that? Uh, we're going to find out, YouTubes, but in the meantime. So let's see. Let's, let's quickly go through the list, though. Let's, let's, if, I think if we talk about the other two that are not hot, maybe we can give context to the one that is. Um, ooh, that sounds like a good hit right there. I'm jealous of that hit. Makes me a little hard too, but we're gonna move past that. Um, so let's see. Nef Disney Plus uh, is doing their live action. I love how they say live action on these Disney movies when it's still fucking CGI. Yeah, like it's still a cartoon. It's just a better looking cartoon than it was in the 1940s. <laughs> it just it just looks like it could be live action if you really all, stretched if you really it's stretched Tom Hanks staring at a tennis ball folks get over it <laughs> yeah yeah but so yeah they it's got not their, good. their so they're they're basically recreating the same Disney movie and you know with you know new slew of actors um which so Tom Hanks is Geppetto and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is uh what's his name Jiminy yeah That'll be interesting. But the more interesting one is what is it? Guillermo del Toro. Yes, that's the one I'm I'm interested in because it, it's like it, lo- that's stop motion. Stop motion, uh, which is always cool. Um, yeah. Stop motion, uh, uh, 
even attempting it, you know, uh, it obviously can be done bad, but most of the time, if somebody's actually putting in the steps to make it, it's going to be, you know, at least decent, a, a decent try at it. So, like, stop motion is just always interesting and uh, uh, cool to me. So I'm very excited about that, but I'm also very excited about the fact that it's not just a, you know, it doesn't look like a boy. It doesn't look like a child. It looks like a weird, uh, it, um... You know what it looks oh, like? Shit. Who, it it kind of you looks, like, looks a, like a painting. Who Who is the... I'm thinking of the Spanish artist, um, surrealist artist. Uh, it kind of looks like something that you'd see from Salvador Dali or from... Um, the cu- any of the cubists, you know? Yeah. But you know, what it, you know what the first thing I thought of when I saw it? What? It looks like a little baby ant from Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I can see that. That's where the ant women went. They went and had Pinocchio. <laughs> uh, Picasso. That's, that's, that's kind of what I you got. You couldn't the, think of the name Picasso? I, I could not remember it. Uh, very high. Um, right, speaking fair. of which. Speaking of which. Speaking of. Um, oh, but another? no, P- Picasso... Um, is was immediately like the first thing I, I thought of when I saw uh, Del Toro's trailer yeah. for it. And of course, that's perfect because Del Toro, as we've discussed in a previous episode, Del Toro is he does things in a, in a very like. I think it, it becomes innocent simply because it is so weird, like it, it like it becomes a. Children can watch it because it's so weird and out there, where whereas it's it's not horrifying to a child. It's more horrifying to adults, I think. You've I think, seen Pan's Labyrinth, right? Yeah, and I think I actually think that that story, while horrifying to children, I think it's more horrifying to adults than it is to, to children. Because they know what the fuck is going on. Because <laughs> they know what the fuck is going on, and it's so much darker. Whereas kids, oh, it's God. like, where, whereas a kid watching oh, that is like, this is just kind of like, ah, it's a little scary, you know? But, like, she's going to, you know, get out in the end. But then, like, adults are sitting there weeping at the very end of the story as they're carrying the child out. You know, that's the kind of difference. Difference in and that just goes for any uh, good uh, child's story. That's why I think that Del Toro actually does make children's movies. He just makes fucked up children's movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the tagline for today's episode. He doesn't. Okay. He, he makes. <laughs> he makes fucked up children's movies. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So we have those two. We got the Disney Plus G-rated version. You got the. Del Toro fucked up children's movie version. Yeah. And then we have, what is it? Lies of P. Yeah, the Lies of P. Um, Which is a video it, game. It's not a movie. It, it's it's a, a video like It looks like it's, it's a, taking a lot of inspiration from Bloodborne, especially the mm-hmm. world. Yeah, very Victorian England looking. Very Bloodborne-y or, you know, hack and slash game. Looks hard as balls. But you play as Pinocchio in this world. And Pinocchio looks like Timothy Chalamet on yeah. a very good day. Yeah, so this is what we're talking about with a hot so, Pinocchio. So now um, everybody understands we're not, lo- you know, you're not reading articles about touching hot little boys or hot, no. you know, okay. It is no. a video game that Grant it is a at. It is a video game where they have literally designed Pinocchio to look like Timothy Chalamet, and it's horrifying. Uh, I would have much preferred a Del Toro-inspired 
uh, Pinocchio for a Souls-like game, but, yeah, but you the know, characters move whatever. All funny. Unless, unless that's just like the base look that they've given for the trailer. What if you can design your Pinocchio? Like it's always Pinocchio, but you get to design how it looks. If they do that, then this game gets an extra star for me. Right now, yeah, I, I have no no like feelings about what it's going to be, but it you will gain a star if it. Geppetto if it, in the beginning, and you build him. That could right. be yeah. Like that's the. That's the character creator. Yeah. So what they're showing us now is just like you can make this the base but you model. Can, yeah. This is just the ba- this is the simple base bullshit model that you can do. But like there's a can, there's a hunter on the front of uh, Bloodborne's box. I mean, exactly. It's like the standard model using like uh, using a, a hunter a saw using the hunter saw. But the hunter yeah. saw is not exactly the like the main weapon. You Maybe have three fucking 30 weapons you can choose from if you have the DLC. But so <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to go into that. <laughs> Let's not go. We're not talking Bloodborne. Let's stay on target. So, yeah, but I like that idea. I, I, I don't think they've announced anything, but, like, that would actually be kind of cool. It's like you open up – because I think the whole point of the game is you're looking for Geppetto. So, like, you know, what if you have that open cut scene, Geppetto's building Pinocchio, and then he just, like, saunters off, and then that's when Pinocchio wakes up and you play the game. But you actually build Pinocchio in the beginning, and you yeah. build your Pinocchio. That's I actually a pretty cool. dope idea. I like that. I hope it who's, comes. Who's true. making this game? We need to figure that out because you just fuck it. Like they need to delay this and put that in. You just fix their game, Graham. Yeah, and if they don't have it, then I'm not buying the game. <laughs> I'm not buying it. I'm just gonna wait for it to go on Disney Plus and download it that way. Um, it's being uh, published by uh, Neo NeoWiz Games. NeoWiz. NeoWiz Game. It's it's a publisher cool from South bro. Korea. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Uh, they love their Timothy Chalamet there, right? Neowiz Games and Round Eight Studio. Wait, that's the publisher who's in South Korea. That's the those are the developers. Oh. Those two, those two. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, wait a minute, it's the developer we're looking for, not the publisher. This looks like it's their first major game. So let's not get too excited here. Let's so this not, is gonna be let's not bad, cream our britches too yeah. I feel like it could be a beta game. Yeah. Let's not cream our britches too early. Whoops. I hope it's for other reasons. <laughs> oh well I guess it's high opinions from now on, <laughs> folks. <laughs> oh god no. Oh Jesus. I got a question, though. It sounds like a helicopter. That, the bonk just sounds better when you've cleaned it. Like it, it, it. It's satisfying on all the senses. Like, I'm sure the taste is good. The smell is good. Now it sounds good. Like, it's amazing what a clean bonk can do, right? Oh, yeah. And that's the thing is, usually it's like this. I was just waiting because I didn't have my cleaning solution, which it's uh-huh. it's some fucking great cleaning solution. Excuses, excuses. Formula 420. Uh, make some good That's shit. That's a little on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they know who they're, who they're <laughs> they know their audience. selling to. They found that like, niche. Good on them. It is so fast working. Like you pour it in, you let it sit for literally a minute, and then you're just pouring it out and it's clean. It it is basically alcohol and salt, um, or I'm not sure if it's alcohol in a blue dye with salt. I don't know what it is. Doesn't have have the ingredients. 
don't care. Because <laughs> you're smoking it into your body now, buddy. <laughs> oh, I make sure to clean it thoroughly after I've, mm-hmm. you know, with water. Do you, though? And isopropyl. Do you? Yes. Right. They also they also say explicitly on the bottle that it is safe as long as you don't actually uh, 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 consume it. Like, so not gonna chug the bottle. Don't, of yeah, exactly. Don't die. Don't die, don't fucking chug the bottle of it. Then you'll be you'll be fucking fine. But you know, want to have a boat slam? We'll just slam it together. Yeah, I, I'm, I'd be down. <laughs> All right, you first. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I, I, going back to Pinocchio, because I have a question. I, I has a question. So if you got a hot Pinocchio generating. You know, all the creaming and the britches, as you so eloquently put it. Remember, lady, he's single. Mm, mm-hmm, but if mm-hmm. he's hot Pinocchio and he gets with a hot girl, is he essentially at that point just a fucking dildo? Because he's not a real boy. Like, he's a, he's, a, he's a puppet. He's an inanimate object. And a girl would be fucking the hot Timothy Chalamet puppet. Is she just fucking a dildo? Or Well, I think... I think at this point it comes down to it when, when he is he a real boy when he, magic is imbued into him or mm. does he become a real boy at the very end after they've like made the wish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because before he doesn't have a conscience, okay, okay, so he's so just going to fuck every girl and be like, I don't care if you get pregnant. Okay, Ha-ha. okay. So let's, for the sake of argument, let's, for the sake of argument, say that. Um, the magic that they he uses to give him life, not necessarily make him a real boy, but to give him life and 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 movement and sentience and whatnot, okay, then that that it could be akin to robotics. Now, is a robot a sex doll if you fuck it? Like a, yes, I don't think it's no longer a dildo, but it's still a sex. Okay, toy. then it's so so Pinocchio. So we've moved Pinocchio from a dildo is, yeah, okay, to sex toy. There we toy. go. So we've narrowed it down. Pinocchio is not a dildo. So he's a sex toy. At that he point. he could arguably be a sex toy before he becomes a real boy. <laughs> so basically, any girl that sleeps with hot Timothy Chalamet Pinocchio is just masturbating to with a sex doll. I think. There is a strong argument to be made there. Yes, I think that the, I think that you could argue that in court. I think it would hold up. <laughs> I don't think you. I don't think you should take it to court. Let me preface this. I don't think you should take this to court. I think that this is a stupid thing to take to court. I think that there's way better things to handle in court. However, bourbon in the nose. However, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Bourbon in the nose, man down. <laughs> uh, get fucked. Ah, <laughs> uh, enjoy it, Rokes. Enjoy it. <laughs> Here's a hot <laughs> drunk thought. Don't snort Manhattans, folks. <laughs> Bad news. Stick to your cocaine like regular addicts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man. So, hot, hot Pinocchio. I uh, guess it's a thing. If the game is good, 
then yeah, who I mean, am I to I judge? Mean, they, these, you know, and typically... if they let me make whatever Pinocchio I want, and let it be known, I, I will try and make the Del Toro Pinocchio. I was going to say, so what will your Pinocchio so look like, So that he's Graham? like, well, I want him to walk around. Like, I want it. I want them to make a game where you can uh, not just design the face, but you can design like the hobble of a character. So if like one leg is slightly shorter and one and one arm is slightly longer so that when you're running, they actually like uh, uh, are affected that way. I want that in a Souls game so that you could make the character literally literally run like a zombie does in those games. And then when they do the jump attack, it would look like the zombies do when they do their jump attack. That would be that would be a very fun thing to do with the character. It doesn't change how much damage you do. It just changes the way the character like moves and and or does it. I mean, it could. Bonuses in certain directions. Uh, (laughs) They actually did. They did do that. uh, uh, They give you that option in Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Um that new Gearbox game that, that's been off of Borderlands, they allow you, when you're making your character, you can change, like, uh, uh, your ears, like, different ears uh, being bigger and different eyes being bigger and whatnot. You can just change either side of your body to be completely disproportionate, but it doesn't really affect your movement. You still basically move the I mean, fucking it's typically same. a first-person shooter, so it doesn't... Exactly. Do you don't see it. It's basically anybody looking at your character's like... What you the fuck odd. psychopath are you on? <laughs> You're, you look very odd, sir. <laughs> Something's not quite right. <laughs> so if they if they did something like that for Pinocchio, if I could make my, my Pinocchio be like a fucking hobbled mess who just like runs up and then like clobbers people to death with a fucking axe, then sign me up, coach. Put me in the game. In, insert me, coach man. I will pay you cold, hard cash to never say that again. (laughs) It's one of my favorite jokes from The Good Place. What is it you Americans say? Insert me, coach man. Put me in, coach. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen Jamila Jamil and uh, what she's doing with uh, the She-Hulk, like, social medias? Uh, Yeah, it looks really fun. She's, like, taking over as Titania and, like... I did not enjoy the first episode. I know you did a lot, but I did not quite enjoy that first episode of She-Hulk very much. I thought it was very shallow. And especially the ending where it's like you got Jamila Jamil who just pops in and is like, who are you? And then punch and is done like a one and done. Now, granted, she's coming back. We know she's coming yeah. back, but it was just like. Uh, do you know I why I'm enjoying this? Stupid. Do you know why I'm enjoying this this show and and everything that they've been doing in in, in phase uh, four basically? Uh, because it's just so dumb. It's just so dumb and bad, and I love that they're not taking themselves seriously in, anymore. That's fair. And and I like mm-hmm. that. That's what I want from the comic book industry. That's what I want from comic book films. I really do not want them taking themselves seriously. As soon as they do, it, it, it all the fun is gone. Uh, hmm. so this, this show is leaning into just like, we're, we're a comic book show. This is not supposed to be serious. This is supposed to be dumb fun that you tune in to watch. Get over it. 
<laughs> and that's yeah. how I've seen Phase Four. This, so this yes, girl it's turns dumb green. and bad. Yeah, yes, it's dumb and bad. Yes, everything in the Phase Four has been dumb and bad. That's how it should be. That's how superhero movies should be. And I know a lot of people would be like, "Oh no, that's so that's a very dumb opinion because they should just be getting better." This is getting better. This is fixing it. This is yeah, being like the a, comics. You can have your dark comic book movies. You can have your Batmans. You can have your dark off like movies that really like dive into a character's psyche and do their thing. But let's be honest. Most of the team up movies are not dark and gritty. They're just goofy fun where they have a bunch of superheroes creamed onto the fucking page. Please stop saying cream. Sorry, I'll find a different. <laughs> Adjective, thank you, your verb. Yeah. Splurged. Splurged onto the... <laughs> Not better. <laughs> Splurged victoriously onto every page. Just ejaculated on every page. There, that's, that's the word I wanted to go with. I was just holding it back. I, I thank you for going. Can I quote Letterkenny for a second? <laughs> go ahead. I wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. <laughs> 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 See, I, I'm a, I, you know, it's it's interesting because I think I am in the camp that I almost prefer the serious comic book movies. And now, and I'm not just saying like, oh, it's better. Like, it's just like that is a personal preference. I I kind of like it when it's serious and gritty because these these movie or these the the comics are fantastical. Like, they're meant to evoke your imagination and be fun and witty and unique, but. Like you can do that in the comic, and you can do that with the cartoon. You can be funny, witty, and colorful and bright, and and it works in live action too. I mean, Thor Ragnarok, case in point, is a fantastically done, funny, unique, and colorful movie. But my personal preference, what I would personally like to see, so it's all predicated on that, <laughs> is I kind of like the more serious, a little bit desaturated, a little bit more like realistic. Like, what if Superman you like was a your real Zack character? Snyder's. I do. I actually really enjoyed the Zack Snyder. Now, it took me a long time to really dig into Man of Steel. Like, I originally did not like that movie, but it has since grown on me. And I did enjoy Batman vs. Superman initially. And it's, you know, I think it does a lot of things well. It does a lot of things not well, but it also does a lot of things very well. And I love, I really did dig the serious tone of it and the, you know, the, uh, the, the, uh, the cinematography, which was fantastic. I liked Ben Affleck as uh, Batman. I thought he, he struck a nice chord as like the old Batman, very dark Knight returns comic book Batman. Yeah. Who, who's been doing it for 20 years and is just tired of bullshit but does it because he knows he's the only one who really can. And, you know, um, and I enjoyed his uh, Zach's cut of justice league. And kudos to, to Whedon for eking out the film that he was able to do based on the circumstances. But uh, like, once I saw that justice league movie, the Zack Snyder cut, and I was like, Oh, okay. Zach, Zach. Okay. Okay. Zach, Zach. Okay. I get what you're going for here. See, I had the opposite journey that you did. Um, I loved Man of Steel when I first saw it. Granted, I was... Uh, when did it come out? 2013? Mm, something like that. I was like, I was like 15 years old. So, I wasn't a great judge of movies at the time. 
So I, I just loved it implicitly. I was like, this is fantastic. I love this dark and gritty world. I want to see where it goes. Um, and then I went, saw where it went. Uh, and I hated it. I, it was going, it was almost like seeing something that you really liked just becoming worse and worse and worse. So for me, because man of steel is the first movie. Pretty sure that's all of our viewers watching this, uh, show, bud. Yeah, honestly though. But like, that's the DC universe for me. Cause I really liked man of steel. I still kind of do. I still like on its own. I really like that movie. Um, but there, it's just so problematic. Everything that came later, everything else is just so bad. I can't put into words just in this episode alone. I would have to do a, a whole special. I'd have to do a deep dive into why I hate. We'll do a hot, high opinion. Yeah. Uh, you know, high-minded another, minute, another time. High-minded hour. A high-minded <laughs> hour. Honestly, we'll 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 be here for uh, for a, a high-hosted hour. And um, oh, but, I yeah, like we, that. A high-hosted hour. Okay. Triple H. We'll, we'll do this wrestling style. But in the meantime, my drink is empty. So I say we we start the show proper, and I make another drink. How's that All right. sound? Good omen style. Hell yeah, let's do it. Much better vodka tonic than I anticipated. With some cran. They're fine. How's your weed, Graham? Oh, it is tip top. Oh. You told me not to record, but we're wonderful recording. stuff. Just have a heads up on. Yeah, that. no, I know. <laughs> I saw. I saw. I saw. You know how some directors I, tell people like, "Oh yeah, this is just for practice." So this is just no. Rehearsal. I saw, and but you know why? Like, Do you know how I knew you were recording? Because the screen went dark, and the numbers six, five, four, three, two, one started flashing at me. <laughs> at least when an actor is in a studio, the director has the uh, ability to put tape over the. <laughs> red. Pile, like. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's one thing about this software. It, it does. It's not subtle. It's not subtle about letting it's you know. It's not subtle, but we had less audio drift this past week, which is nice. Oh, that's very nice. Maybe it's just you. You know what you're doing. Fuck that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I mean that's the illusion. I liked a lot. You know, uh, uh, let everybody know. Whatever. Whatever. Mm. <laughs> Audio drift is not usually, it's not that bad. It's just, I don't like that it happens. It's not that good either. Yeah. Like, but anyway, let's. Anyway, somebody let's, made a great plane. Well, we are. Somebody made a wonderful argument to me about why the book of Boba Fett is actually uh, uh, a wonderful show and homage to the character of Boba Fett. Uh, especially the latter half of the show, which I have previously said was the shittier part of the show, but they they might have convinced me. This is not going to be enough booze, is it? That the second half of the show is a better homage to Boba Fett because he's hardly in it. You know, that's probably the most logical and sound argument I've heard in my entire life regarding that show. Boba Fett was a character who got so hyped up and thirsted after by 
every single fanboy and fangirls, every single person who loved Star Wars was like so into Boba Fett for no logical reason. It's the fucking bounty hunter. All right. Yeah. And so episode six, they argue, is actually the perfect episode of the book of Boba Fett because he's only in it for two seconds. You know, and that was the episode I hated the most. But now I think it might be the best episode simply for that reason. <laughs> I like uh, this. They, they argued. They this argued. This is a high, high opinion. <laughs> My drunken adult brain is agreeing with it. <laughs> we might be on to something. We might be on to something. They, they, and I wonder if Besides this was something they discussed in the writer's room. <laughs> They're like, you know what? We can get away with this. You know why? Why? Because Boba Fett was hardly in the original shit. People loved him and he was never in there. And they were like, I think he has- you know what? You're right. And the original trilogy, like less than 12 minutes of screen time. I think that's what he less. I think he has less than five minutes of screen time across yeah. all the films. Like, because remember, screen time does not include if they're in a scene. It means if they're Wait. on the frame. <laughs> so if an that's actor what I'm saying. Is, you got yeah. like you got the the scene where Vader is like tells everybody to look for Han Solo. You got the scene where they do you know eject the trash and the millennium falcon disperses with that and you see boba fett following them in what was formerly known as slave one no longer pc bro but they only cut back to him for like three seconds at a time so and then you have all all, the shit in cloud city and then you got all the shit on and this is where it really comes in is in return of the jedi all the background that he's in while they're in hut's palace so He's in I it don't a know. fair amount. Yeah, like, I think maybe. Maybe, but it is he's definitely so not in way the... out of proportion for the popularity yeah. of that fucker, fucking yeah. character. He has I cool, never got it. He has cool armor for 1980. Yeah, okay. He has cool armor for 1980. I mean, that's what people were really into in 1980 was like, oh my god, there's this really, like, a uh, uh, mysterious guy who's just kind of hanging around. What's his deal? And then nobody got an answer for 40 years. <laughs> and now they got the answer and it kind of sucks. <laughs> You're full of some high opinions today. I like it. <laughs> hey, what's I'm the just show gonna supposed sit to be? Yeah, <laughs> keep what's... it going. What else you got? What else you got? <laughs> you well, uh, you texted watching... me earlier about Big Mouth. <laughs> Yeah, I was just gonna. What you got on um, that? Let's hear. Let's let's segue into that one too. Let's so I think I, I think the show. Go. I think that the show has been doing a very conscious uh, 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 ascension with the way they introduce um, all the the creatures and monsters that are associated with different emotions, you know, like depression and anxiety. And all right, what what are you doing? I'm gonna stop you right there for just because you you have no foreplay. You, I mean, everybody knows Star Wars, but not everybody might know Big Mouth. All we right, okay, that's a fair point. That's a, they, that's, they can't okay. assume that's, we know what Big Mouth you, is. So. You, you make a very good point. All right, back let me, it up. All right, I will. Let Play me, with on. it a little I, bit. I hear you. I hear you. I'm going there. I don't need you to narrate it. Shutting the fuck up. Big Mouth, popular Netflix show on on uh, Netflix. Only platform you can get it. Ew. Um, <laughs> Uh, created by Nick Kroll, um, uh, Gold's, I forget his name. Andrew Goldstein, Goldberg. Uh, Andrew Goldberg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my God. Like right. Jessica Goldberg, something. Uh, 
uh, and two others, yeah, who are Wasn't married. John Mulaney? Uh, no, John Mulaney's just a voice actor. He's, yeah, he's just a producer and actor, but no. Uh, ba- I think Nick Kroll. Big, you, big you animated show. Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll is basically the the big big mind behind it. He's the big, the, the big and juices. you know he. I mean, he voices over like seventy of the characters at this Shit, point. Shit, dude, he's um, fighting with South Park on that one. Yeah, honestly, honestly, I mean, it's one talking, of the few. It's one of the few uh, Netflix shows that has lasted as long as it has. Um, I right? I think I think season six coming out soon. Season six uh, doesn't happen very often. Uh, I think the only like, other two, show you got your two. Fuck you, you're done. I think the only other show that I can think of that has gotten that much, um, that many seasons on Netflix, like an original show that started at season one, not a show that got picked up like later. A season, yeah. a show that started at season one is House of Cards. That's the only other show I can think of. But are you? Th- is there one that you can think of? Um, well, I'm thinking, but House of Cards was the first one to come to my mind because it was also the first yeah. Netflix original show. But it yeah, also was not got quite original because it was a it was that was another show that we stole from the Brits. True, true. But that's splitting hairs. I'm talking about a show that, like, in its original like run, it's not. Yes, it yeah. may be a ripoff, but in its original run, it started off well adaptation um, at season one. Uh, uh, at season one in yeah, in, in it's Netflix. not a show that so, originally yeah. like aired on FX and then moved to Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever, you know. I hear you. Um, yeah, it's not like Arrested Development that's got like its fourth season through Netflix instead of yeah, you know, exactly. but it had done yeah, three exactly. seasons. Through, there might yeah. be something, but honestly, Bojack I'm, Horseman, Bojack Horseman, six seasons. Good man. Uh, uh, yeah, which what I have. Great I, show that was. I we're gonna get to that in a moment, but mm-hmm. Big Mouth basic the basic pri- uh, uh, story is that these kids in middle school are going through puberty and they are not just. Would you um, say they're going through changes? Yes, I would. Okay. Um, I would say that. Folks. I, I would say that. I would say that they are going through changes. Um, that's my Ozzy Osbourne. Like <laughs> that's not Ozzy Osbourne. I just I want you to know that that's not Ozzy Osbourne singing that song. No, but Ozzy was the um, original writer. Okay, of the song. I just want you to know. I just wanted to make sure that yeah. you know that. All right. <laughs> Please, I know who fucking Ozzy okay. is before you were born. I be, because if I've been you going were, off of fucking rails of a crazy train since you were in diapers, bitch. Never mind. Trigger warning. The kids, who, the kids who are going through puberty are not going through in the sense that you would think, as they are. Uh, there are different versions of emotions and uh, pubescent well, everybody urges. Everybody experiences puberty differently. Yeah, I mean, there's similarities. But, like but obviously, for, you go through similar things, but they but are, in you know, this they, show, how the reactions. The shtick is that that pe- as kids and people get older, they get more and more um, anthropomorphic beings that are the attachments of like emotions and urges representations, and feelings yeah. representations of feelings and like at ba- as the show starts out the ba- the basic one is hormones you know the hormone monster the the one that gives you the ba- basic urge to have sex or to want to have sex with another person or be attracted to another person 
And that's the very, very basic urge that every that most human beings have. That's basic. That's what they try to set up in the show is like most human beings have that's their very basic go to yeah. emotion. And then it branches out from there. That's from there. They get a slew of other like monsters, yeah. depression, just, kitties, anxiety, anxiety mosquitoes, um, uh, uh, like uh, what was it? Logic's logic rocks. Mm. Um, uh, uh motivational like heart heart emoji kind of like fairies that follow you around mm-hmm. that can also turn or like yeah the heart. love bug like love literal, bugs, that's a it. literal love bug yeah love bugs that can turn into hate the, worms you the know like it's gratitude yeah, that's my favorite <laughs> oh i'm just happy that you're happy mamacita uh like it's zach galifianakis with like uh, the worst louisiana accent no no oh, it's great i love it, he, it is he's so, good. so wonderful um so anyway yeah it's, so that's it's the basic a, idea just a really good show but i i as we've said there was there's a lot of different uh beings that are presented and i think the show maybe not at first but since season two has made a very very conscious effort to add more and more emotions not like all at once but to take time and when do we add each of these emotions and they have they've they've completed their fifth season. They're about to do their sixth season. And back in March, they released the first season of their show, Human Resources, um, which I quite liked. You didn't like it as much as Big Mouth. Correct. Um, but I, I liked it. I agree. It wasn't as good as Big Mouth. I still enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I mean, it definitely wasn't bad. I'm not saying it was a wasn't a good show. It just. It was missing the, the I, I was, charm of so the kids. So I was thinking about it. You you sent me the text um, about Big Mouth a couple of days ago, and I was thinking about it before we did the before we did this episode. And I think it's because the Big Mouth gives you a genuine connection to the human based characters. It gives you somebody you can, can understand and relate to on a prime on a, on a basic level, just like any good. TV show, they'll find a stereotype that you could be like, I relate to that character. You know, even even on like even Sheldon on Big Bang Theory, there are times you're like, I understand where he's coming from on those points. Yeah. Human resources, as good as it was, I couldn't I just I couldn't find a character to relate to. Well, I felt like every episode of Human Resources had a new or multiple new characters to be excited about. And they actually had character like human characters that carried good. through in some of the, uh, the anthropomorphized emotions storylines that we followed and were very like attached to. I felt very attached, especially to the, uh, to the girl that we met in big mouth at the summer camp who is now, uh, we're dealing with her grandmother and how her grandmother has, is having these, um, uh, dementia visions of the past and i thought that was a beautiful episode about dementia yeah, it was fine um, i just it, it never gave it never made me connect with anybody because it yeah. just it kept jumping around and you you know you mainly followed the the monsters yeah were just one representation i mean they had a range of emotions but they're only one representation yeah. of emotion and it was like oh we're gonna jump between this couple that's like having a hard time with their baby and we're gonna jump with this couple here and it just it was so scattershot yeah. It was it was quantity, hmm. not quality for me versus Big Mouth had a hmm. lot of quality. It, originally, it started with yeah. quality over quantity. It started Big Mouth started with the, 
you had four main characters. Now they have a lot. <laughs> and now, yeah, and then they've slowly introduced more, and you've slowly yeah. gained to understand and be like, oh, that's why this character well, ticks, and it works. But most human resources good just comedies was like, get faster over time. It's true of The Office. It's true of Parks and Recreation. It's true of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And BoJack Horseman. Like, sh- like great great comedy shows like they'll usually start out and the episode they'll like take their time delivering a joke and then as the series goes on you see that they just get faster and faster at delivering but you still have that anchor you still have bojack even at the end of bojack he's still there human resources being a spinoff it didn't have those characters that i had grown to connect with and Hmm. so it just felt like i was floating around and See, I felt like I I had been uh, uh, brought in. That was kind of what my argument was going to be here, is that the uh, Big Mouth did such a good job of introducing us, at least to the characters, um, to mo- a lot of the characters, in a very the basic human way. To the human characters, but also to the, to the um, uh, anthropomorphized emotions. I think that they, like the monsters, I think that they... Uh, uh, did a very good job of lightly introducing them so that we were intrigued enough to watch human resources. And I felt like it totally explained what, like who they were and what kind of like shit was going on in their lives. And I, I actually felt like I was starting to understand kind of some of the ideas that they were getting at with all these, when it was just all these emotions, like when the, when all the hormone monsters would get together and, and just like, fuck each other and it felt like it was like maybe, I was gonna say have an orgy maybe you have an orgy they're all just <laughs> fucking each other you're uh, just going for the nines yeah okay 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 and let's be honest swear words are funny let's be honest people always oh. say swear words are not that funny they sidebar <laughs> fuck is the ultimate word in the English dictionary I love it yeah so they're all fucking each other and um and I and I was I loved the idea that because they're all like monsters and the show already has that level of like, there's a, an allegory. There's a metaphor here at some level that show was like, what is the metaphor here? And I really want to like dive deeper to see what, and I was, I was actually analyzing. I felt myself diving. You want to know like, what the meaning is behind an orgy of no, not that necessarily, but all the, like the love bugs helping each other. I thought, I thought that was a really interesting thing of it. It was, uh, it was love bugs helping each other, but it wasn't necessarily that it was humans helping each other, but we were seeing it through the love bugs perspective. I thought I liked that. Sorry, covering the mic. I thought that was a pretty cool, like way to spin it, you know? Hmm. And we weren't seeing that. I, that's what I was picking up on it, but that's what it, See, I, I guess maybe I was looking at more on the surface level of like, we weren't seeing it. So it was just meh. Like I wasn't looking at it for anything deeper because Big Mouth is nothing if not blunt. Like, there's yeah. obviously, like, deeper things going on, but they're, they, you know, it's like, they're not sitting there thinking, like, oh, it's a hormone monster with this boy, and the boy's no, watching a sexy I, girl. Maybe that boy's getting a boner. No, that monster jumps out and is like, hey, you hard yet? Let's no, get fucking. No, but, no, they're... Th- that's There's the thing. no that's the, to it. That's the fun thing about the, these writers is that they are really good at cloaking very smart things behind uh hey send her a dick pic girls love dick pics especially when it comes out of nowhere with like no context (laughs) like they cloak 
<coughs> Excuse me, that went right to my throat. Good. When they That's what she said. Fuck you. When they <laughs> they they cloak shit behind that. Yeah, um, they do a pretty good job with some subtext. They, they, and they'll have, behind they'll have the message meetings. They'll have yeah. really interesting things to say and then and then Mori will pop in and go, fuck her face. And and it's just really quick, and it, and you completely uh, forget what has just been said because it's so blatant, and they they, they cloak, undercut it. Yeah, they undercut. Uh, well, I wouldn't even say undercut it. It's they're they're almost um, uh, cutting away from when they've been blatant about a message. Like, hey, we should all be nice to people. And then he's like, oh, you want to stick your dick in her face, don't you? And it's like, it's like they're, they're trying to incept the message of be good and then cloaking it in the worst way possible. Be good. <laughs> While providing oral sex at the same time. Yeah, exactly. You're, yeah, they'll do, they'll do the more shit, you know. They'll, they'll do shit like that. It's like it's okay to be horny, but also remember to be good. You know that they do. Well, they do a lot of like that. That is kind of like the whole message of the show. Of the, like that's that is the whole message of the show. Of. Yeah. But anyway, so human resources. I, it just it didn't. But it didn't I think stick that landing very well for me. It, the subtlety was too subtle or not subtle enough. Yeah. or Something. It just was like. It just it didn't it didn't it didn't hit the same way Big Mouth did, and so I I personally yeah. didn't agree with it. But you did That's bring fair. up a really good point in that text message that I was like, "Ooh, save that for a hot high opinion." And I wanted I want to discuss that more. So, yeah. So I think that every season has very deliberately um, introduced slowly different things you know uh the shame wizard the depression kitty the all these different emotions hate worm worm. they've introduced all these uh, different um, emotions and monsters slowly each season you know maybe like two or three a season at max um and then human resources after which came out after season five of big mouth Human resource, resources came out, and it was basically like we have the full scope of all of these things, and we're we're getting to that, see and then all they even of brought them in more and more. Yeah, and they said basically this is the whole world of what's going on behind like these people's uh, thoughts and and feelings. And now I think that we've been introduced to that world in human resources. It's going to come back in season six and we're going to be getting the full scope, especially as these kids are getting older. I think that we're going to be getting a full, like the full slew of emotions from these kids. And it's going to be getting more emotionally deeper. Yeah. Like each kid is, is going to have their full, um, uh, uh, like platoon, like board meeting behind them, you know, every, every kid is, we're, we're going to be, we're going to be, I feel maybe we're going to be cutting away a lot to, to characters or like the board meetings that we were seeing in, in, uh, stuff. Whereas it, in the previous seasons, it would, because they didn't have very like deep emotions, it would just be the two hormone monsters, like, uh, talking about what's going on, you know, uh, like when, when, when Andrew and Missy would be talking, it would just be Maury and Connie, like, okay, Connie, what's the deal? And she's like, well, we want to get, we want to get, uh, feisty. Okay. And he's like, all right, well, he wants to go, he wants to fuck your face. So let's go with that. And, and the, and it's just all dictated. I, oh, by oh, there was a there was a glitch in the system. I might need you to have to do that again. No, I am not doing that again. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> they, there, my, there was no glitch in the system. There was no hair in the gate. Fuck you. <laughs> Check the gate. Check the gate. Um, 
so the game says the, you need to like do it again. in the first season, that's how basic the kids like emotions were. It was all about like their hormones. And then and then as the seasons went by, it was not just their hormones talking to each other, but like different emotions talking to, to each other. Like depression would be um, talking with somebody else's anxiety. You know, that's what they would be fighting over. And or the depression and the anxiety of one person would be fighting. That was very interesting. Always very good. Um, so I think that season six, now that we've seen what the full capacity of what can happen, the full range of the emotion. full range of like the full range of emotion, the board meeting and everything. I think that's what we're going to be seeing now. That's that's the full magnitude. Um, and we were sort of getting like hints of that in the previous season, like seasons like Jesse was walking in on her meetings a few times. But yeah. I think I think that now instead of just having like the emotions it's running around and ape. Yeah, I think instead of having the emotions fucking running around and doing all that shit, they're going to be it's going to be a lot more like cutting back to the boardroom a lot, you know, like uh, uh, for each of the kids or or one kid. The the emotions are constantly trying to go out. Probably Jay. All the monsters are trying to go out and like deal with him. And then like Missy, all the emotions are just kind of in the boardroom meeting because she's like just figured it out for some reason. (laughs) Well, she's the more emotional. Well. She seems like the more emotionally put together character. Yeah, she seems like it. But that could, you know, but she's also horny spaz. Yes. At the same time, as as, as we've been introduced with, like, several hormones. As monsters. are all the characters. <laughs> yeah, they all fucking horny spaz. is just, like, the hump shit, so. That's, it's interesting. Like, I kind of, as much as I didn't like human resources. It's, uh, sorry, I, I, I phrased that poorly. As much as I... Did not enjoy human resources as much as I enjoyed Big Mouth. I think that's a solid theory that that show will just kind of serve as like a supplement to be like, here's the like, here's a lot more emotions that we want to introduce. But instead of trickling it in season by season, here's all of like, here's a lot more. And so and, you know, and then even they even established it in the trailer for season six of Big Mouth. They say, oh, I guess what happens in human resources happens in Big Mouth, too. Oh, damn. Yeah. So like there's that's why I was thinking about it. Yeah. And so caring, you know, it's like let's you know, now we can bring in a lot more emotions and the viewers will be prepared for it, quote unquote, because they've assumed they're assuming they've seen human resources. Mm hmm. So yeah, I, I I I ship that. I think that's a solid theory for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think that we're gonna see a lot more of the like the full scope of the monsters and emotions um, working all together instead of just you know a couple of them, you know, two or three. It's been building, and I think we're gonna start seeing you know eight to ten members of each of the kids' yeah, emotions, the and that's it, it's gonna be chaos, chaotic but there's a reason for that, because yeah, life is like, chaos. I mean, <laughs> we've all yeah, anybody who's been a teenager knows your feelings are just chaos when you're 12, exactly. 13, 14, 15 and being, just being a person <laughs> speaking of chaos chaos, that's a lot ahead hmm you know what? As a as a sommelier once said to me, froth becomes beer. It always becomes beer. Not it's not like you're losing beer. It just turns into beer. 
This is awkward silence, bud. You need to this is talking. awkward silence. I'm, I'm, our podcast dude. Listener. I am Remember. high. I am staring at your beer pouring. You can't captivate me like this. You cannot <laughs> do that. If you want there, if you don't want there to be awkward silence, don't do captivating. Now that's just a turn off. Like if I just no. if I like lick my nipple with that. Yeah, be fuck no, no, that's no. But the <laughs> pouring that? of the beer and watching it like the foam turn into beer. That's 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 fucking jazz music to me, man. Look at my beer, Graham. Sheboygan. It's Sheboygan, Sheboygan Brewing Company. She's a boy again. Are they going to sponsor us because you just put splat, slather their logo mm. all over the screen? Fucking A, I wish. Contact them. Hey. My, Honestly, my co-host is screaming there. your name. Sheboygan Brewing Company right right now on our podcast. Will you will you sponsor us? And he, or and if you say no, he will continue to scream Sheboygan Brewing Company into the microphone until you say yes. Sheboygan <laughs> Brewing Company. Sheboygan. <laughs> See, that's when I mute Graham, when he does stupid shit like that. I'm sorry, folks. I might have to cut that out later. But for now, we're going to mute Graham and just have a little pow- uh, a little one-on-one time. Holy shit, yeah, he's pissed. He's super pissed right now. That's actually hysterical. All right, you're back. I do know a bartender at Sheboygan Prairie. She was the... Wife and mother of one of my hockey players back in middle school. So, big shout out to the Myers family. Uh, They're good folks. Alan Myers, their son, actually, the one I played hockey with, is the reason I ended up in Michigan Tech for my undergrad. Because he was a fellow trumpet player, and he told me about the pep band, and that was very intriguing. But that's a whole other story. We're not going to go down that road. You just sit there and act like you didn't mute me. Like you didn't mute your co-host. Well, when you reach a pitch where even dogs in the near local neighborhood are pissed off. Yeah. That's I'm between, gonna, I'm gonna that fucking is, mute. That is between me and the... <laughs> and the dogs? <laughs> I pointed at you. That's between me and the dogs. Hell yeah. You best believe I it. I to differ. Because the dog's got to hear your ass regardless. We have listeners who are choosing to spend their hard-earned hours listening to our asses. And I think we need to treat them right. And by you hitting a, a level that can only be, you know, hit on... The flute? The flute? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I will mute your ass every time. Well, fuck you. See, you got to stop saying that. You said it like six times last episode and it just lost all meaning. You gotta come up with something better, bud. You gotta, you gotta work at it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get creative. I know. Very, very high. That sounds like a personal problem. Well, when I'm very high, I just, I, I lose momentum, you know. Oh, I'm aware. I've seen your work. (laughs) Yep. It's because like I end up smoking indica, and I need to I need to stop that. Or you know, just stop smoking. No, it's sativa is fantastic. Every time I smoke sativa, I work fucking brilliantly. I just 
end up wanting the indi- indica to relax and then end up mixing them and, and it you doesn't end work up out. not yep. being productive. Yep. Again, I've seen your work, but <sighs> I know. We're cutting this. I've, I have seen your producer's binders. Fuck. You got blue eyes out, though. You yep. put it out there. It's a finished product. I have yet to watch it, but it's out there. It's out there. It's, it's the good. I, I'm i proud of it. I think... I was, uh, I've been proud I, of it. I've wanted to put it out. Cool. I got a friend coming to town, and she's uh, she wants to see the short films I produced. So I'm going to probably show her Hermanos and Adamant, and when we do that little watch party, I'll probably bring up Blue Eyes as well, and we'll watch it together. Yeah. And just be like, hey, this is what Graham did. And be like, there's my legs. My little cameo. <laughs> if you if you imagine it, you can hear me saying, all right, quiet on set. <laughs> That's not something you want to be able to imagine when you're watching a short <laughs> film. <laughs> That's not a compliment, Graham. But isn't that when you're a crew member, that's isn't that the thing you want to try and like get the girl to be excited about what you're doing? And so guys will come up with the worst shit like, oh, man, yeah, you can you can see oh, exactly where I you put want that me to light. Like brag to this girl. And be yeah, like, exactly. I ran this show. Yeah, I ran the show. Yeah. man. No, no. I, sh- I ran the show, babe. Because you know why? That was me. And I'm going to announce it here first on Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions. I produced a festival Selected short film. Acha. For those who don't know, fe- festival selected doesn't mean very much. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> See, how I put the inflection on it; it made it different. Instead of just saying "fuck you," I was like "fuck you." I went up with it, and that's how I you make it. That's how you make Yeah, you don't do shit, you high asshole. But yeah, you know, a lot of short films. Kind of uh, the whole thing about short films is you get them into festivals to gain, you know, to, to gain popularity, gain notoriety, gain contacts, and, and 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 just bragging rights and and just have fun with it. And I am super stoked to say that Hermanas, one of the short films that I produced at the Vancouver Film School, was accepted by the Smodco Film Festival, which is Kevin Smith's first annual film festival. And this is doubly exciting because many of you probably know that I adore Kevin Smith and his work. So the fact to be a part of his first ever film festival is, uh, you can stop politely and angrily well I'm, what i'm out. hoping what i'm hoping is that you'll well, you'll take out that footage cut out cut out all of it and just replace my footage with the the scene from citizen kane where he he just uh like claps ferociously standing up can't stop clapping just keeps yeah that's what i'm that's what i want you to rep- when you're editing i want that well because that's my response that's how i feel about you getting selected at smodco that legitimately i that's what i want you to put on don't there. be surly all right don't be salty hey you were production manager on that you should be proud i i that, that no literally i am that's what i'm saying i'm proud that's what I'm saying. That's why you I want you to put the. Clap. That's no. That's why I was trying to be appropriate because the mic is right here. Mm-hmm. Here. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> you then why did you do it in the first place? Because I am lazy. I am lazy, as you, you just said. <laughs> we discussed this. You're high. We get it. <laughs> 
Thank you. <laughs> you somebody gets me. Yeah. Somebody. Uh. There's one thing I'd be good at in this world. <laughs> I thought I'd be producing a short film. And that's uh, something to it. But no, it's understanding Graham. <laughs> we all got our talents, folks. Well, hey, mm-hmm. understanding Graham could get you working on a great show. Producing a great show. Yeah, if show. you finish writing it. Hey, I am 200 pages into this thing at this point. It's going great. So, like, what? A fifth? <laughs> oh, like, uh, <laughs> not even. <laughs> Maybe About like a, a percentage. Maybe like a twentieth. Wait. Oh, God damn it. How much would it, how much would two hundred be if it was one twentieth? <laughs> My math is so That's a fifth. For the record, that's a fifth. So one twentieth? Yeah, because yeah, five times twenty is a hundred. So that's sorry, yeah, a yeah, no, one fifth is one fifth. One twentieth is one twenty. Yeah, but never if you, mind. Two. It, it's it's in all in all probably going to end up being like two thousand. But if you 3, take pages. one divided by twenty, it is point zero five, which is five percent. So sorry, that's what I meant to say. Was five percent a fifth when I said Fair. fifth? Like five percent. That's where you're at. Yeah. God damn it. Yep. But hey, I'm like a third of the way done with the first book. Out of how many? Three. Mm-hmm. Which will then include lots of short, like short story side on side editions and other books. So you're going to just talking this shit with all of like oh, yeah. appendices out the wazoo. And oh, yeah. Oh, God damn it. Oh yeah, so much. Th- this this compendium, this compendium is gonna be like a hundred thousand pages long. I hate you so much. <laughs> and you want me to fucking option this and produce it into a film, TV series? The, well, goddamn. just just the just the first three books. The compendium is for me. Right. That's for fans to do with it what they want once I'm dead. Sooner than later, bud. <laughs> Ideally not. Uh, I, you know what? I've been watching The Sandman. Sandman uh, is that new lit. show on Netflix uh, by Neil Gaiman. And hey, folks, he learned how to contextualize his conversations. Let's give him another round of fuck applause. Fuck you. Oh, my God. He's he's learning. He's evolving in the world. It's so awesome. Like, Do not interrupt. Can you, can you not interrupt <laughs> me and make me lose my train of thought? <laughs> my God, sir. Here. My God, sir. Ugh. Anyway, Sandman, your God? N- based off of Neil Gaiman's uh, comic book of the same name uh, from 1987 to 1992, I believe, 1995, uh, sure. ran for ran for a few years, but it's considered to be one of the great uh, uh, comic or graphic uh, series of all time because it kind of changed a lot of people's perspectives on what a comic could be 
what a graphic novel could be. Yeah, because it's not a superheroes thing yeah. for one. Similar to Watchmen, like Watchmen changed the idea of what a superhero story could be, but Sandman changed the idea of what a graphic novel can be used for because it didn't deal with superheroes really it had superheroes at the time because it was supposed to be connected to dc and for the first you know few comics it is very connected to dc and then they very quickly move away and become their own thing but the show itself is not about like superheroes and superpowers and stuff like that it's about the mind it's about being human and it's very similar to big mouth actually it's kind of big mouth before big mouth but about the the true horrors of the world and and how people think you know instead of emotions and uh uh you know fears and pains it it's more about like uh like well, it is. It it becomes much larger than having monsters that, that come in and joke about what's going on in your life. There are f- seven fundamental uh, uh, creatures or beings that were there since the beginning of time. Death and uh, uh, lo- uh, uh, destiny and dream. Dream is the main character. Uh, there's there's a slew of them and and they all are their siblings that are basically the be all and end all the they're even higher than you know they're more powerful than you know most things in the universe and dream he at the beginning of the series is accidentally locked away when a bunch of uh crazy magic um, like magic Satanists, basically in Britain, try to summon death. They want to conjure. Right. Yeah, I know. They want to conjure and entrap death so that they can force death to do whatever they want. But they accidentally conjure Dream, and Dream is a vengeful being. So instead of giving them anything, instead of doing anything, he does not speak. He just waits for them to die. And waits for them to slip up and accidentally let him out. And the ser- that's basically the beginning of the series. And once he's out, he has to go on his journey to, to like, reclaim his, his uh, tokens that belong to him. His gem, his mask, his, uh, his crown, um, his... Uh, uh, so what does his this have to do with dust. anything? Um... Fuck. I forgot where I was going with it. I have to yeah, tell I you. Too. Um... And I don't know what, where I started with it. <laughs> I don't know why I started talking about it. I had a good point and then I lost it. And that's the problem. That's the problem with drunk thoughts and high opinions is you can have a great thought and then we were talking about how high you were and that's not that's not going to help me at all. <laughs> yeah, that's going to say that's a pretty average thing. So I'm just going to talk about let's just talk about the show. Like I think I've never seen it. So, I've, so it's a one sided conversation. I've yet to read the book or watch the show. I'll so find I, my way. I'll find my way back to my point. Or how about you? Oh, just I know. Get, ex- no, no, I know because oh, I know oh. I know what my point was. So the like in that show, because the comics were very like it had an overarching plot, but it was very much like short stories for a long time. And oh, yeah, one Eagle of those Tide. short stories, yeah, like short story, uh, a lot of short stories um, in the beginning. Uh, sorry, 
uh, one of the best ones, in fact, the episode that has gotten the most praise uh, from the new season was adapted from one of the early uh, comics, which is called The Sound of Her Wings, which is about uh, death and um, him meeting his sister. After he's reclaimed all his tokens and, you know, gotten his power back, he is not sure what to do with himself. He He's lost so many years of his life, and he's, like, kind of lost now a little bit. And he, he's His kingdom is crumbling, the kingdom of dream. And death reminds him how she does her duty and how he must do his duty. And she also reminds him of a friend that he hasn't spoken to in a long time. And he goes back and meets with a man he hasn't spoken to in a hundred years. A man who, back in the 1300s, uh, he, Morpheus, Dream, and Death were in a uh, bar, and they saw a guy who's like, I'm going to live forever, I promise you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live for hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands of years, I'm never going to die. And Dream goes to him and says... Do you really want to have this ability? And the guy says, of course, I, I want to live forever. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? And he goes, then you will never die from this point on. You, no matter what happens to you, people can hurt you. People can do whatever they want to you. You will never age. You can starve. You will never die. And the guy doesn't take him seriously. Uh, but then he says, meet me back here in a hundred years in the same place, in the same tavern, and we'll talk. And the guy, of course, doesn't take him seriously, but a hundred years later, he's there because he lived a hundred years and nothing bad happened to him. Well, I mean, things happened. And so it goes hun uh, like year by year or a hundred years by a hundred years. And they keep meeting up and meeting each other. Century is the word you're looking That's, for. That's thank you. It goes century by century and they discuss like how it's going. And of course, every single century he has something else happen. You know, he's a rich man. He's the poorest man. He's been like in prison for 20 years with no food because he can't die, you know? Uh, and then he becomes an, uh, like a Lord and, and a, a, a successful, uh, uh, man in, in, you know, the tech industry and blah, blah, blah. You know, he, he just goes through all these different phases. And one of the things that they ask in that is even when he's at his lowest, when he hasn't eaten any food in 20 years, he says, do you want me, do you want me to take away the ability? And he goes, no, I have so much to live for. If I can live forever, I can, ch I can always have the ability to bounce back from this. And that's a very dark thought, but at the same time, it's a, it's a, it's an optimistic take on a dark fate in my opinion, because I think uh, immortality is a very dark fate. No, I don't think anybody would want to uh, live forever or live for an extended period of time like that. That would be miserable. Um, so, but I think that that was a very interesting, optimistic take on it. You know, if there is some optimism to be taken from the concept of immortality, let that be it. That, I'm losing you know, wood over here. What's your point? That there, you, there's always a way that you can that you can fix it. Even at, if even if you're at your lowest, even if you've done the worst things, you can always like 
bounce back and be better and 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 learn from your mistakes and be a better person. And I think that they that was that was exactly what they were going for. Like, it's been a hot topic on uh, uh, because of uh, some of the uh, controversial things that he does in the show. It turns out that he's a slave trader at one point in the show or in the in, in the in the centuries, and Dream shuns him for it. Dream's like, is that real? You need to find a better thing to do with your life. And of course, as the centuries go by, he's like, well, you you can never forget that you did a horrible, horrible thing. You that and so you always have, you always have to live with that. But you can but you can also be better and and know that you're that you've done bad and be better. So Graham, you are the reason why I drink. I thought it was a fantastic show. I thought that they did a beautiful job adapting the sure. work. Um. They did wonderful work. Yeah, Neil Gaiman did a, a good job overseeing it and making sure that they didn't, you know, go too crazy. Um, I think that my biggest complaint—you're uh, spilling some major foam over there, my man. I don't know what you're talking about. You saw nothing. I saw everything. Uh, I think my biggest complaint with the show is that it is too Netflixed up. Like Netflix has a has a way with their CGI that is just kind of its style and the way that they edit and reveal stuff. I don't know. It's it it was glaring to me. And I think that a part of it is um, uh, David S. Goyer. David S. Goyer has worked on several a lot of superhero projects. He's been on. He's basically the biggest comic book film writer. Um, I but say, he goes I back do to not... uh, harkens back to the original Blades back in the late nineties. Yeah, so like he he I think of him as like the comic book equi- uh, uh, director or or writer equivalent of um, uh, James Cameron. Like just because <laughs> he's done some good does not mean that he hasn't done a lot of fucking shit. Um, so. I think I David David Esquire has done some good, as I've just said, but he has been very problematic, especially in the last few years. Like I loved the Dark Knight trilogy, but everything he's been doing with uh, uh, Snyder, not loving, not loving the writing in those shows. The visuals work for what they're doing. I've not loved the writing at all. That's my biggest problem with those shows. Um, so that's on him, honestly, at this point. So I'm he worked on Foundation, which we're going to talk about at some point at in the future. But uh, he worked on Foundation, which was Spoilers. an admirable uh, uh, adaptation of the source material, but it had a lot of like his fingerprints all over it. You could tell like visually I could just see so much stuff taken from, uh, working with Snyder. It was like he, he had a, he built a company of visual effects artists and said, I want you to replicate everything that we've been doing with, uh, uh, what I've been doing with Zack Snyder. And they were like, okay, boss, <laughs> and that's kind of what his visual style feels like now. And Sandman, that's the only thing that Sandman suffers from, in my opinion. 
is is that David S. Goyer kind of like we're just going to copy the CGI that we did in the DC shows and it's okay. It's okay. And it and they've done a good job of making it match the source material here and adapting it properly, but it's still glaring sometimes. I was going to say, it looked very contrasty and, like, desaturated and yeah. kind of, like, I mean, I own the first novel, uh, Preludes and Nocturnes, Same. and it looks good. I'm excited to watch the show. I just kind of want to watch, like, I can't decide if I want to read the series first and then watch the show or watch the show and then read the series. Either way, I I'll watched to it eventually. The show. I watched the show first. I think it might be the better way. Because, like, my brother obviously loves the comics better because he adores the comics. So, but I think it might be just interesting to get the take of, like, seeing the show first and then going back and... Yeah. I mean, I've always known this was a a big comic book in the comic book industry. A big, you know, big, uh, one of the, you know, the top, like... Like, if you if you appreciate comics, you have to own... Sandman, like it's just kind yeah. of one of those it's a seminal titles, yeah, staple. So I'll get to it eventually, and we'll yeah. we can do a deeper dive. But right now, I feel like it's a very one-sided conversation because that's like, no, that's fair. I and I just sure thing, to Graham. Talk about I, that. I trust what you're saying is true because <laughs> I got nothing to add to this one. So that's fair. I'm sorry about that. But, I just uh, I, I it was a thought that came to my head, and I wanted to talk about it. Well, I don't pay you for your thoughts. I pay you for your opinions. That's right, fair. Fucker? It was an opinion I had, uh, a long opinion. But I had to yeah, get no it off shit. my chest. I had to get it off my chest. I'm sorry. Yeah, you should. It'd be like that sometimes. Leave me, cra- you know. I had to crack more beer just to get through it. So, but say I wanted to learn more about your high opinions and, and other thoughts, or if, if you just want to hear some stories from that old brain of yours, where could I find it? Well, that's a, actually a very interesting question, because uh, my website is very close to uh, uh, being ready to publish. Mad-musings.com uh, It's where you can find my short stories, my shorter stories, poetry, scenes from, like, plays, uh, just a variety of different writing exercises, um, some photography that I've taken. Uh, it'll just be a variety of my work. Um, so that's mad-musings.com. Uh, uh, Tales by a young curmudgeon. And uh, so, yeah, keep an eye out for that. I'm all, you can also find me at Outrageous Creation. Uh, under, uh, that's an underscore between Outrageous and Creation. Uh, on Instagram, uh, I don't post very much, but uh, I'm trying to. I'm aware. I'm trying to be more active on there. Uh, I mean, so you could try sharing this show once in a while. Once once I have something to balance it off, you know, I, I need at least no. one thing to balance it off. Mad, Mad M- M- Musings is going to be my balancer. Start so. sharing Fuck the show, you. you conceited asshole. Get off I'm, your high horse. No, I, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to do this my way. All right? Why, no, fuck you. Fuck you, I'm doing Sharing it my this way. fucking show. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, listen to me. Share the goddamn show. I've got a great story about Frank Sinatra, but that's for next time. Yeah, don't. What about I'm you, not. Corey? Where can we find I, you? I have about this much tolerance. Where can we find left. you online in, like, oh. website form, social media form? Christ. Is there anything that that you want to share with the fans? 
I'll just keep you, let you talking. See what you say. So anything that you want to like, let the 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 hardcore fans at home. I had amazing people. news, and you're like, shut the fuck up. Let's talk about Sandman. So whatever. We're gonna move past that. Well, uh, then, do you, do you want to talk about your good news before you sign off? No, I don't. I'm done. I've 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 put it out there in the world. It's it's happened. So okay, then. Past it. Well, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, you're done. Fuck you. Alright. Sorry, I sneezed. He's uh, in tight. Yeah. I can be found on most social medias, if not all. Yeah. All social medias. All social medias. All social medias. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Shit, you might be able to find me on MySpace with this. At Roxyboy, R-O-K-E-S-Y-B-O-Y. And through that, you can also find my website. The URL is some generic bullshit based on Wix that I won't recount here. But yeah, you hit up me up on social media and you'll find the website. And it's got all my photography, videography, and a bunch of other random shit that nobody really gives a shit about. So we're going to move past it. But yeah. Well, I think we're hitting about the hour and a half mark right now, so I think we should call it a night. What do you say, bud? I think so. I mean, it's not quite as bad as last week where you you tried to list off your website, and that went horribly. (laughs) Did you leave that in? Yeah. Oh, I did. You bet your fucking high ass I did. I didn't. I didn't cut shit from last week, so it's all in there. Oh, God. Nothing. You want to know a spoiler? What? Nothing's getting cut tonight either. Oh man, <laughs> you might so, you might live to regret that statement, but who knows? Who knows? We'll find out. We'll find out. If you if you got any uh, questions or comments on the last couple episodes or anything, you uh, you know feel free to hit us up with that like, subscribe, and feel free to toss a comment. Yeah. Uh, any drunk thoughts or high opinions world. of your own, you know. Yeah, cocaine comments, mushroom musings, oh, anything yeah. you want to share. We're all about I need the, to get mushroom musings up off the the ground. Yeah, that we'll we'll do that channel while you angrily punch walls and <laughs> punch holes in the wall. Sounds about right. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's our spin-off, cocaine comments and mushroom musings. <laughs> uh but we're all about here, you know, here at Drunk Thousand High Opinions. It's all about handling handling your high, you know, having a good time, but being productive, being smart, and being safe about doing it. So uh, exactly, tip your nurses. That's Do it in the safety of your own homes. Yep. So, but in the meantime, I've been Corey Rokes, and I've been your drunk thoughts. And I'm Graham Stepniewski. I've been your high opinions. Cheers, everyone. Have a great night. A great, great. <laughs>